Warning. This podcast contains violent depictions, which some listeners may find disturbing. Tranquil stepped out of the dark tunnel, expelling the entire contents of her stomach over the waiting attendant's robes. She fell to her knees, gagging and wiping the bile from her lips. The young, long-suffering attendant handed Tranquil a wet washcloth with a disgusted look, then stepped to a wash basin beside her, removing the soiled robe and donning another clean one. What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Slockerverse Tales. Each episode, we feature an original fantasy or science fiction story from The Slockerverse. I'm your host, Mark Jefferson. Today, we look at a story that takes place at the end of my third book, Overseer Silence, four years after the main story takes place. Tranquil, a side character in Overseer Silence, has risen above her humble and scandalous beginnings and joined the arbitrator ranks. She wants to be loved, but her odd nature and creative punishments have caused everyone in the city of Odd to fear her. The story is named A Small Favor and shows how even the most feared and respected among us need love like everyone else. I produced everything you hear in this podcast at the Slacker Studios. The only thing I didn't create was the music and sound effects. Special shout out to pixabay.com and all the wonderful contributors on that site. Pixabay offers royalty-free photos, illustrations, vectors, videos, GIFs, audio, and sound effects. I use their website and think they offer an excellent product. Check them out at pixabay.com. That's P-I-X-A-B-A-Y dot com. Okay, on to the story. May I present Overseer, A Small Favor by Mark Jefferson. Tranquil stepped out of the dark tunnel, expelling the entire contents of her stomach over the waiting attendant's robes. She fell to her knees, gagging and wiping the bile from her lips. The young, long-suffering attendant handed Tranquil a wet washcloth with a disgusted look, then stepped to a wash basin beside her, removing the soiled robe and donning another clean one. Silence, just outside vomit range, watched as Tranquil shuddered, then rose to her feet. That was quite a display, Silence observed with a tight smile. I think you made a friend. She nodded towards the bald arbitrator apprentice. Tranquil turned her bloodshot, watery eyes towards Silence. It's getting a little hard for me to use the tunnels. Tranquil eyed the attendant. I hate it when I draw attendant duty. Somehow I seem to get it much more often than my sisters ever do. Tranquil nodded to the attendant. Sorry. Silence handed Tranquil another damp washcloth. Tranquil rolled it up and placed it around her neck, still panting. She opened her mouth to say something, then turned around and heaved. Nothing but bile came up. When she turned back, she looked less green. I hate dark tunnels. She took her first good look at Silence, shaking her head in mild jealousy. Pregnant again? I still haven't figured out how you did it. How many will this be? Silence laid her hand on her bulging belly, a half-smile playing on her lips. This would be number three. Dango wants a girl this time. I don't have the heart to tell him it's another boy. Tranquil scanned the area. Where are your other children? 
They're with their grandmother. They get upset when they see people come through the dark tunnels. Lingo, he's my eldest, cries when he sees people throw up. Silence turned towards the Imperator Palace, walking past a dozen foamstone monoliths, each with an undulating dark tunnel leading to a different city. You've added more since I was here last. Silence nodded, her blonde ponytail bobbing on her otherwise bald scalp. The world is learning about our college. We get more requests every year. Soon, we won't be able to service all the requests we receive. They walked in silence for a moment. Why did you summon me here? I know you don't like me, so it isn't for my sparkling personality. Silence sighed. Always like Tranquil to get right to the point. I don't dislike you, Tranquil. You remind me of me. A little more blunt, perhaps, but you are smart and loyal, and we share one other thing in common. Tranquil looked sidelong at Silence as they passed between the two guards standing before the wide metal doorway leading into the Imperator Palace. I doubt that, Tranquil said under her breath. Aloud, she asked, What is it we share in common? Our heart's desire is to have a husband. I got my heart's desire. I want you to have yours. So you want me to get married? Yes. Tranquil scoffed. I'm sorry to break this to you, but there isn't a man in the city of Odd who isn't terrified of me. There are no prospects of me ever getting married. Silence watched Tranquil out of the corner of her eye. I have a special favor to ask. You can refuse, but I think it's something that will benefit us both. They stopped before a metal-bound door. Two female Imperator guards, as bald as an arbitrator, stared straight ahead. Their spears crossed over their chests. Silence nodded to them with a warm smile. Please, don't tell me you arranged the marriage for me. Tranquil's eyes darted about as if she looked for an escape. All I ask is for you to agree to a courtship. Once the chasement period concludes, you can beg off or extend the chasement or even marry if you so choose. Tranquil turned on her heel without preamble and stalked towards the exit. I'm going back to Odd, she called over her shoulder. Tranquil, stop! Silence snapped and edged to her voice. Tranquil stopped, dead in her tracks. She turned, facing Silence. Much to Silence's surprise, Tranquil appeared livid. Tranquil's angry eyes locked on her. Will you please just meet him? Silence pleaded. Tranquil rubbed her eyes. Do you understand how insulting this is? I would rather stay alone for the rest of my life than for you to force me into some arranged marriage with some toad whose father can't even find a mate for him in his own city. Tranquil, please meet him. I promise you're well suited. He speaks his mind as frankly as you do. Tranquil studied silence for a second, her mind racing. Why do you even care? What is so special about this man you want me to court? We want to establish an arbitrator chapter in the city of An, so that we can study a new discovery there. The prince has agreed to such a courtship to achieve that goal. Silence glanced at the closed door beside her. He had a dream, Tranquil. Tranquil forgot about her anger. He had a dream? About me? Do you mean a dream dream? Like, with the emissary? Silence nodded, 
relieved. She had Tranquil's attention now. Tranquil stood straight, wiping her face and pinching her angelic cheeks. Let's go meet him then. Silence opened the door, revealing a small room with several comfortable lounges and a corner desk. Several closed doors exited the room. A tall man stood as they entered, a full head and a half over the diminutive women. He had ruddy skin, a thin, braided beard, and dark hair pulled back in a ponytail. He looked like the human version of a bear. His angular eyes glowered as he bowed his head. Madam Archivist, Madam Arbitrator, he intoned with a guttural accent. Silence beamed up at him. Prince Nagon, I would like to introduce you to the Arbitrator Tranquil, whom I told you about. Nagan bowed again. Honored Tranquil, I am delighted to make your acquaintance. He stood at a loss for words. Tranquil nodded. Silence crossed the room, seating herself on a small lounge. She motioned towards a larger lounge across from her. Please, have a seat. You can get to know each other a little. Tranquil crossed the room, sitting in the offered lounge. Nagin sat as far away as he could while still sitting on the same lounge. He looked at Silence, who heaved a deep sigh. Prince Nagon, did you know Tranquil is the foremost healer in the realm? Tranquil opened her mouth to comment, but Silence cut her off. I've witnessed her heal things that even I could not. Tranquil, embarrassed, flushed. That is indeed a worthy skill. Perhaps in the future, you could teach these skills to our healers. He sat in awkward silence for several moments. Tranquil turned to face the prince. So, Prince Nagan, are you in line for the throne? Silence raised her hand, trying to stop Tranquil from committing romantic suicide. Tranquil, that's hardly a topic to discuss right now. No, it's a fair question. The prince raised his hands to forestall any interruptions. I am the youngest son of three. There are two brothers and four nephews between me and the throne. It's doubtful I'll ever be king. Good, Tranquil nodded. I have no desire to be a queen. Silence settled back in her lounge, grateful that Tranquil at least thought about a courtship. Tranquil watched Silence for a moment, then turned to Prince Nagon. Did the honored archivist mention that I was once a whore? The prince sat bolt upright, choking. Tranquil turned toward Silence, her eyebrows raised in defiance. Silence sank back into the lounge, dropping her face into her palm. The prince sprang to his feet. This will not do! How dare you impose an unsuitable woman on me! I'm a prince of the royal house of An. If word of this gets out, it would ruin me! Tranquil jumped to her feet, her finger pointed in Prince Nagan's face. Don't you ever confuse what I did with who I am, she screamed. I was born a slave, and because I have a pretty face, my master sold me into whoredom. I was one of the lucky ones. Everyone I knew, my parents, my sister, my friends, all died as slaves. I had no choice. I wasn't raised like the pampered, spoiled little brat of some king nobody's ever heard of. I've made something good of my life, and I will not have you scorn me because of something I had no control over. Tranquil marched to the door. Before Tranquil could open it, Silence appeared at her side. Please don't leave. It's obvious we have nothing in common. Even if we did, 
word of my past always gets out. That's why I bring it up. Did you know that? I can see the measure of a man by how he reacts to my past. Prince Nagon cleared his throat. I ask your forgiveness, Honored Tranquil. I spoke my mind before I thought through what I should say. I... I had... I did not appreciate the circumstances of your birth. Perhaps we shouldn't mention your unfortunate past to my family. At least not at first. You... You took me by surprise. I think once people know how you've rose above your circumstances of your birth, they'll understand. Tranquil watched him, her lips pressed in a tight line. Well... You better get used to it. I have that effect on people. Silence breathed an inward sigh of relief. She took Tranquil's reluctant hand and led her back to the lounge. Give him a chance. He's very nice. Tranquil sat in the lounge, back straight, not looking at either Prince Nagon or Silence. At that moment, the door burst open and two toddlers bolted into the room, followed by their beleaguered grandmother, Danny. She looked exhausted. I do not remember my grandchildren being this energetic, she commented, sitting between Tranquil and Prince Nagon. She removed a colorful handkerchief from her plain robe and wiped her brow. I could not keep them away, Danny furrowed her brow. They wanted their mother. Dango, Silence's husband, passed through the open door, closing it behind him. His face lit up when he saw Tranquil. I did not know you were coming. Neither did I. I got a message right after I ate breakfast this morning. Dango blanched. Dark tunnel? She nodded. Dango turned green and shuddered. I am quoting someone, Tranquil announced. Dango raised an eyebrow. Really? Who is this lucky man? Prince Nagon. She gestured towards the prince. Dango turned an inquiring expression towards Silence. He had a dream, Silence responded to his unasked question. Understanding dawned on Dango's face. He sat beside Silence, kissing her cheek. I see. Did this dream involve a young woman wearing a red headscarf? Surprised, Prince Nagon nodded. Take my advice, Prince Nagon. Accept your fate, that young woman... That is the emissary. She is never wrong about these things. Dango traded a knowing glance with Silence, who blushed. Dango grinned. Prince Nagon looked between the two of them, confusion written all over his face. Am I missing something? Dango settled in. Let me tell you the story of how Silence and I met. It all began with a dream. I hope you enjoyed Overseer a small favor. I wrote it as the epilogue to Overseer's Silence. The story ends on a hopeful note and launches the next book in the Overseer series named Overseer Tranquil. While Overseer Silence was a love story, Overseer Tranquil will focus more on adventure slash treasure hunting and delve deeper into the purpose of the Overseer universe as a whole. That's right. The Overseer universe has a purpose. Each book in the series sets something in place for the finale and Overseer Tranquil is no different. The events depicted in this story take place in the upcoming book, but from a different character's point of view. It takes place about four years after Overseer Silence, showing where the main characters ended up after the main story. Tranquil's a fun character to write. She speaks her mind, and there is no doubt 
as to what she thinks. Truth be told, I base some of Tranquil's character traits on my daughter, who also speaks her mind. I just emphasize these traits more. Tranquil is a nervous person. One reader commented that Tranquil makes even coffee nervous. That character trait is not based on my daughter, who's pretty chill most of the time. Her anxiousness springs from her childhood experiences, which were not good. Tranquil was among the first arbitrators trained after the Battle of the City of On. She has a heart of gold, but is guarded in her dealings with others because of past trauma. She lets her guard down on rare occasions, but most people never see that side of her. She carries a torch for Dango, but has never acted on it out of respect for silence. One of her deepest desires is for someone to love her, and she gets a chance at love during the next novel. The magic system is unique to the Overseer universe. Everyone can do magic in this setting. Magic is neither good nor evil. It's a natural force. All individuals, regardless of ability, can cast spells starting at a young age. They collect their magic power, known as mana, and store it every day in crystal rings they wear. They use this mana to cast spells and for money as well. Tranquil is pretty good at magic, but she's kind of -of run-of-the-mill for as far as an arbitrator goes. However, she's extremely skilled in healing. I spent many months crafting the Overseer universe, and I hope it shows in the finished product. I've had several comments from readers that magic seems like a natural extension of the Overseer world. That wasn't by accident. I have about 70 pages of notes I created before I started writing the first book. It was tedious work, but I'm glad I did it now. I refer to these notes often when writing an Overseer story, and they've saved my bacon several times. There's nothing worse than inconsistencies in your world building. I assure you, readers will notice. Writing has always been a passion, and I've written several books. You can see me on Amazon.com. Just look up Mark Jefferson Overseer, select a book, then click on my name in the author section. You can view all my published books on that page. If you like this story, try reading some of my novels. I think you'll enjoy them. I've written many short stories that take place in this and other settings. I may feature some of them in upcoming podcasts. Several of these short stories are in my published books as prologues or epilogues, while others are unpublished. Either way, I hope you'll enjoy them all. Some stories I've written use different and novel magic systems. In the Overseer universe, magic permeates everything and all people use it. In other stories, magic is science-based and only those trained can use it. One story I'm working on has magic in the water and users store its power in silver and gold rings. The world is a mountain that floats on a sea of clouds, and metal is rare. It's just a sample of what's coming. Our next podcast details Tarok's experience with the Great Calamity, an event that takes place during the beginning of the first Overseer book. It takes place during her eighth birthday, and she blames herself for the disaster. This is the beginning of Tarok's nightmarish life, and takes place about 22 years before the first book. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends about it. Thanks for listening to The Slackerverse Tales. This is your host, Mark Jefferson, signing off. Cheers, everyone. Slackerverse.